So versus going to seek out news, people actually kind of avoid it. You have to take the news to them. My guest this week is Tabitha Lipkin. She's based in Dallas, working for NBC LX, a news brand trying to reach Gen Z and millennials, a pretty tough task. And people these days don't see news the same way. Tabitha's using every possible avenue on social media, trying to bring in new audiences, using humor and entertainment as well. The president met with congressional leaders. Doctors will start implanting the devices. And he heard that warning from the Coast Guard tonight. For now, we're live in Orlando. For now, we're live in Dallas. We're live in Boston tonight. Caitlin McCulley, 7 News 19. I'm Caitlin McCulley. I left my job as a TV news reporter in a pandemic to try to find a better way to share stories that matter, no BS. Thanks for listening to Outlet Podcast. You can download new episodes each week. Here's Tabitha, or... Or Tabitha, I should say, as Dr. Fauci called you. <laughs> I saw that clip. We love Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Tabitha, is that the right pronunciation? Tabitha, yeah, from Bewitched. Tabitha, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's not my generation. <laughs> Tabitha, okay, sorry. Part of me was like, we had such a limited amount of time with him because I was going to like, I could talk to him about that a little more. But when he's like, this isn't my generation, I was like, Bewitched is exactly your generation. But I think he was too busy getting his PhD or something to watch. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I just wanted to talk with you about how you're using social media and TikTok um, as a compliment or or if that's how, even how you see it anymore. If you see digital first, I know on your website, you say you're not the typical broadcaster. So if you could just tell us what you mean by that and, and how you view kind of the evolution of news. Oh, it's a great question. Um, and I think if we had this magic eight ball and we could shake it and be like, what does the future of news look like? We would love to know. Um, we have a good idea and I believe digital certainly is the future, especially just as, you know, the power networks, you know, whether it's NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, CW, these places are starting to have huge competition, whether it be something simple as Hulu or Netflix. Mm -hmm. And people these days don't see news the same way. So versus going to seek out news, people actually kind of avoid it. You have to take the news to them. And all of these networks and, and all of these other entities that are starting to pop up are competing for the same attention span. Yep. Because you and I can make a choice. Do we wanna watch news or do we wanna watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? So we have to ask ourselves every day. <laughs> and so you ideally wanna make a product that not only informs people, connects with people, at some level also understands the people that you're reaching out to. And that is incredibly complicated. And I would say the best way to do that now is digital first, especially for the younger generations. And even as kind of our older generations are using things like Facebook, because we can see that divide, right? Older is on Facebook, younger is on TikTok. So you have to be able to kind of swing that whole gamut. We had a guy who came on our show, NBCLX. His name um, is called Dr. Knock or Doc Knock. And he is a TikTok um, professional who is, he's got a PhD in immunology, plus I think other things. I, I don't want to say his full title because he could say it much better than I could. But we had him on and we had him explaining things that were just so better translated than if we were to bring on a much, much older immunologist who would be talking kind of in scientific terms that he was talking like you and I talk. Mm -hmm. And he does that on TikTok. And so then I started to do this dive into TikTok and I was like, okay, so 
you, this is how you were on our interview, which was incredible. And here's what your TikTok is like. And I'm learning all this information about cells and biology and chemistry and physics in 15 to 60 second clips. I mean, that's unheard of. And that's kind of the attention span that our younger generation has. And so that as an educational resource made me think, well, I should definitely be using TikTok. And I happened to get kind of lucky with it. I, I started my account realistically, like middle of December of last year. And was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to dedicate next year to building my TikTok following. Mm -hmm. I happened to go viral twice when I first got on it. So I got a lot of followers. In fact, I have more followers on TikTok than I do Instagram now, but it opened the door for then I can use that to educate them about really important things. And what's even better about this is that's what TikTokers want. They want to be educated. It's not like I'm pushing information on them. It's like, hey, if you're curious about, you know, Biden's $1.9 trillion plan, here's what it looks like. And those kinds of videos do even better than like some silly video of me dancing in my living room. Right. So do you think we're selling people short sometimes when we say that people don't want information or they or they're, you know, they're just gonna choose the entertainment stuff all the time or the silly stuff all the time. But it sounds like you're saying that that people do actually want information just in a way that they understand it and, and that they communicate it. Exactly. You said it the best right there. It, it, it's simply just being communicated in a way that they understand and can consume. So yeah, they, they want information. And you and I traditionally are used to two minutes for a package and that's it, right? And now the gamut is also, I like the gamut for some reason today. I said it twice now. It's both <laughs> days. Um, and what you have is they either want very quick digestible pieces of information that are, you know, maybe 30 seconds or our generations also love like documentary style shows that gives us just tons of information in the course of, you know, it could be from 12 minutes to an hour and a half. It, people like it both ways now, but the two minutes for whatever, that's not working anymore. No. And I think that, you know, the news voice and the news delivery, that's, that's not working either. Clearly you had a video on that too, which I thought was hilarious. Here's every local news anchor ever. Happy Monday. Where does the time go? The weekend come and gone, but we are back at it. It's Tuesday. Did someone say tacos? <laughs> Taco Tuesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy hump day. <laughs> Thursday. You know what we call it? Friday Eve. <laughs> it's Friday or Friday. You finally made it to the weekend. Yeah, the, the very classic. And that's because... It's not personal. And, and some, you know, networks realize this quickly. Other networks are still dinosaurs and they don't see that like individuals are going to have personalities. So let your journalists be who they are and then come to work and do their job. They're not mutually exclusive. Yes. And forever it was like, if you want to be a journalist, then you always have to be this way on or off camera. It's not that way. It's I totally agree. And, and I think another thing is that when you know, when we're trying this idea of being unbiased and totally having no opinion, being totally neutral. I don't think that's possible because we're all coming from different, different experiences, different upbringings, different um, ways of viewing the world. So we're all going to have an opinion. Um, but I don't think having an opinion uh, precludes us from being able to do, do a fair story. Exactly. Or understand both sides. And that was the first thing my journalism professor, Dr. Jensen, gosh, love this man. He was the greatest professor at the University of Texas. You can see right over <laughs> my shoulder. And the first thing he said to me, he goes, who here believes in unbiased news? And of course, all of us freshmen raise our hand. He goes, 
Well, I'm here to tell you that doesn't exist. He goes, if you're a woman, you already have a bias. If you're a male, you have a bias. If you grew up in Texas, you have a bias. He goes, anything can give you a bias. And he was like, just recognize what that is and then go forward and do your job. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about your career path for a second. I know you're with NBCLX now, but you've done a a lot along the way. Yeah. (laughs) What would you like to know? Well, so scuba diving, that's part of your, your passion. Yeah. So, um, it's actually a passion I picked up when I was at the university of Texas, they had a, a course, a one hour course, um, that was to learn to scuba dive. And it was the best course I probably took in school. And they told us that they're like, this is going to be this course that you actually use when you leave. And they were right. And so scuba diving has opened a ton of doors for me. Um, I won Miss Scuba International uh, in 2014. And then I reigned for all of 2015. And that kind of afforded me the opportunity to travel the world and encourage women to scuba dive, talk about ocean conservation, which was already kind of in line with what I was doing as a journalist to begin with. So if you were to look at my resume, I think people get overwhelmed and they're like, wow, this was a lot. But also people don't seem to realize like I used to work 80, 90 hours a week. I wasn't sleeping because in order to get to a certain level in our industry, it's tough you can't give up and you're not going to make a lot of money and you're going to have to do jobs that you don't want to do. But you, if you always keep your foot in and you always work hard, that will take you anywhere. And ultimately cream rises to the top. So if you dedicate yourself and you're good at your job, like you'll have more doors that open. Yeah. I was talking to a a young woman who's just getting started out in her career the other day. and She's such a hard worker. And I was trying to explain to her just that, that alone is going to set her apart leaps and bounds. It is. And the other thing is people think like they see the, the side, right? They see the podcast side, like you and I get to sit here and do this, but they didn't see like when I was sleeping in my car in between shifts, because I had an extra two hours that day, like they didn't see those hard things. And I would just say to your young listeners, like learn to do everything, right? Produce, edit, shoot. And at first you're going to be annoyed that you have to do all these things and think, well, why do I have to do this? And that person makes so much more money and they get to just sit behind a desk and you're right. But if you learn to do all those things, that'll open any door you want to do everything that you want to do in the future. And I think what you said about scuba diving, about how, how that opened doors for you, it may be something that, that you might not think if if it's, if you have a passion, whether it's scuba diving or singing or running or or doing whatever it is that you do. I think that's also a, a good point that being able to, to do your passion can also lead to things too. Absolutely. And, and that goes back to the same point of like, it used to be, you can't have a personality and do your job, but you absolutely can these days. So in doing so, whether your passion is that you love to water ski, scuba dive, snowboard, maybe you like to paint or write books, do it and and put it out to the world and let them know that's part of who you are. What do you like to follow on, on social media networks or um, TikTok clubhouse is the new one everyone's on talking about now. Um, Are there particular topics or, or people that are doing interesting things that, that you follow the most? 
question. Um, it is a bit of a hodgepodge because I feel like I'm interested in so many things. And as you probably do too, because we're journalists, we have to keep our hand in the know of everything. So we've got a whole spectrum, but I really, really enjoy, um, travel journalism. To me, I think international journalism is really important and fascinating. And it's not necessarily something we cover enough here in the US. I think we're really central focused here. And as we should be at the moment, we're in a pandemic. We've got a lot of stuff to get under control. Yeah. Yeah, our economy's not doing well. So let's stay interfocused for now. But when the world gets back to normal, there are so many things happening around the world that we may not think about because of our bubble. And it will really open your eyes. And it also will help educate and inform you on how those things might end up happening in your own country or your own backyard. So I'd say like travel uh, and international journalism are my main two. And I think that also speaks so perhaps why some of these platforms are so popular too, because it gives you an unfiltered window into other people's lives and other people's experiences. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. It's a great yeah. point. Well, and especially in a pandemic when no one can, no one can go like anywhere. Can do anything. I know. So on your day to day, so what, what shift are you working now? Is NBCLX, is that, a, it's streaming on a channel now? I know for a while it was digital only. So yeah, NBCLX, it's kind of a complicated beast. Um, it is on TV. So basically imagine, um, and I'll try to break it down in case the viewers or listeners are not uh, in the know of media, but O&Os are owned and operated stations by a network. And so NBC has a handful of what are called O&Os. So these are news stations like here in Dallas, Texas, owned and operated by the network or Los Angeles or Chicago or New York. And they decided that they were going to put something on their dot twos, which is kind of the antenna. Typically, it's a channel that gets ignored. Um, sometimes it has old reruns of old shows or infomercials, or but the channel exists over airwaves. Right. They wanted to harness the power of those channels and actually put something on it. So they started with a vision of, hey, we need to put content on that, news-related content, and then we can you know, sell out and fill out the middle between there. From there, um, they expanded to non-O&O markets. So I believe we're in all top 50 markets of dot twos, or we're on Xfinity as well because we're owned by Comcast. Okay. So we have an, our own channel there as well. And then, yes, we're on <laughs> digital. So you can stream us on lx.com, or I believe we're on YouTube. We stream live there on Hulu, on Peacock, on on almost all of them except for Netflix. And that's because Netflix doesn't do stuff like that. But yeah, we're kind of everywhere now. And the content that you see doing well, is there a, is there a trend among, among the content that's doing the best, do you think? You know, what's complicated right now is because of the pandemic. So we launched May of 2020. So we were head in awe of a pandemic and we weren't able to do, I think, the normal, what you would imagine a network or news gathering would do, which means that we stay pretty much connected like you and I are doing over Zoom. And we found that in-depth pieces, whether it be long form interviews, something like this, or um, doing long form storytelling that's almost like documentarian-esque, that does really well on our platform. And that's kind of how we're different. So you won't really see a two minute something or just a sound bite here or there. It's always built out with a lot of context that can take any, you know, where from five to 15 or 20 minutes. That's interesting. And I, I really like what you said about um, the fact that there's an interest in both those super short stuff and then also the documentary, which people may not think that would be the case, especially with our attention spans are so um, limited these days. But it, is there something about people 
knowing what to expect. Like I'm going to commit to this. Like this is a topic that's interesting. Um, like this idea that you're you're making a commitment to watch a certain amount of time. That's a good question. Um, I wonder that too now, because I think it depends on the person. Like sometimes you have to cabinet spider them. That's something that my boyfriend jokes about all the time. It's like, you didn't know there's a, a spider in the cabinet, but you open the cabinet and now you're looking at the spider. So, <laughs> you know, maybe whether they know they're about to watch some in-depth informational pieces or not, I think just the idea is just watch, just at least give us, you know, a bit of your time and maybe you'll want to only watch for 30 seconds, but maybe you'll want to stay for the full 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then we break that down on social platforms anyway, that are even more digestible, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like the commonality from what you're saying is that it's, it's the communication style. It's transparent. It's, it's, you know, as unfiltered as possible. It's more real. Um, and not this one kind of, I'm presenting you this today, like news voice-ish. Um, so regardless yeah. of the length, it's the style. Absolutely. So versus it being like, here are this, 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 and this really quickly. It's like, here are things that you should know about in a more conversational way. And here's context to each of those things versus us just throwing information at you. Like, here you go. You know, there were, you know, 1200 new hospitalizations today in Texas. Well, why is that information important? Well, here's the communities that have been affected. Here's where there's a spike in cases. Here's why there's a spike in cases. You know, we really build it up. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think people are craving that kind of information. Um, it's, it's just a matter of, of delivering it in a way that, that, yeah, that they can understand. And um, it's how, how they talk. You know, we, we all heard in broadcast school, like, you know, write like you talk, you know, but no one does that. No one does that. <laughs> It's so true. You know why no one does that? And this is terrible to say because everyone's copying, pasting everyone else's work from other news sources. That's why no one does it because they're not writing it out. They're copying and pasting it. I know they are. Well, and I think also for younger people, I know I felt this way when I first started out, you know, you feel this pressure to, to come across as authoritative. And I know I always tried to like lower my voice because I thought that would make me sound older or that people would believe me more. Have you always been this um, open with who you are and, and, and comfortable? Um, like being yourself? I think my situation is slightly unique because yes, I very early on told myself I was not going to work for people who didn't like who I was. Wow. And so I've always been this person and I will tell anyone who asked that they should also always be themselves. Um, and there are going to be limits, right? Like you have to, at some level, you do maintain um, professionalism, right? That's something that I think people have to like consider as well. When you are a journalist, you're going to be a journalist on and off camera, but be yourself and be that journalist. And so that's why like this person you see is the same person that you would see on camera as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, it, you know, people trust people when you're yourself, like it's hard to connect with someone that you don't have anything in common with. So if you're always buttoned up and you're in this box, how do you expect the person across from you to relate to you at all? It, it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And as you're seeing like this evolution of, of media, you know, we, we've gone into the new, new presidency where we've been through the attack on the Capitol. There's been a lot going on. Have you, seen a change in people and in how they're reacting to 
news that you're sharing? A change in trust level? It's tough to gauge. And it's only tough to gauge because of the pandemic on top of everything. Um, The truth has always been the truth. And no one can change that. That is exactly the definition of fact and truth. This is what it is. People can rotate around it and in their minds manipulate it any way that they want to. But journalists, we're still doing our jobs. And I think that everyone is hungry for facts and information. Mm -hmm. And the trick is teaching people how to decipher this is fact and this is not fact. And that's something that's lacking in our education system. I think this is kind of going deep, but like, unless you went to journalism school, most people do not understand how journalists work. And I think that it's really important that younger generations, and in fact, everyone at this point in time understands how news is gathered and how it's presented and why we make the decisions we make. I think there could be more transparency just so people understand why Yes, you can trust us. We are NBCLX. You can trust us. We are all accredited journalists. We have all gone through education and training. Here's what that education and training looks like versus someone who just has a megaphone saying whatever they want, trying to confuse you because that's incredibly dangerous. And that's what I don't think people understand is misinformation and disinformation will cripple a society as we've started to see how that can work. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so too. And you make a good point with the education piece. Um, and I, I, I just keep coming back to transparency and, and how um, I think journalists, all of us can do a better job. What are you excited about? What's what's next for you? It's a great question. Um, I think like so many, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's next. <laughs> I think the, the number one priority, the number one thing I'm most excited about is um, this vaccine. And I couldn't encourage enough people to do your research. We, we do it for you, actually. As journalists, we're going to give it to you. Here's the information. Please get a vaccine. This is the only way that life can move forward. And scientists have been working on this diligently all over the world for over a year now. It's here. It's safe. It's effective. And if we want to go back to ball games and bars and hugging our best friends, this is going to be the key. So that's kind of the only thing that I'm really excited about right now is just getting on the other side of this pandemic and then getting back to this world that we love so much of, of travel and hugs and handshakes. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through it. <laughs> we are. <laughs>